Well, good day to you. It's Joel with the King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In a season and time where everyone's encouraging us to be grateful and thankful, the question I'm asking today is, are you ready? It's about time because we're going there. For my friends in North America, specifically in the United States, I just want to say happy Thanksgiving. I know that not everyone who listens is part of the United States, but I just think that this is a season that we get to be grateful. Here in the United States, it is my favorite holiday. I love Thanksgiving. For the last couple of years, Matt and I have hosted Thanksgiving here at our house. And let me tell you something. It takes about 72 hours for me to prepare everything I'm talking floral arrangements, seat cards, name cards, dinner menus, the whole nine. And I think it's my favorite holiday because it's like Christmas minus all the pressure of presents. It's just food and family and fun. And so today, our entire episode is about gratitude. I want to give a quick shout out to our Simply Earth Essential Oil partners. They make this podcast happen and they have taught me how to make my house just one step closer to being toxin free because of the recipes that they provide in their Simply Earth Essential Oil recipe box. If you're anything like me, you probably have several unused mounting essential oils that you tried to be hippy dippy and make great toxin free cleansing agents, but it kind of piled up because you don't know what to do. No worries. The Simply Earth Essential Oil Recipe Box helps you gain confidence and clarity in using essential oils to help make your home toxin-free. Here's how it works. One, receive a recipe box with four pure essential oils, six recipe cards, and extras. Two, learn how to use your essential oils while making your recipes created by certified aromatherapists. And three, save money and detoxify your life. Using essential oils to support your wellness doesn't have to be overwhelming. Have fun making your home toxin-free with Simply Earth Essential Oils Recipe Box. Plus, you get a free 80 milliliter diffuser when you subscribe using our URL, simplyearth.com backslash we're going there. I'm so glad that you've decided to join us on this week because in this space and in this place, we're going to have a chance to embrace gratitude in this season because I believe that joy will come as a byproduct when we are grateful people. Okay, question. What is the one thing that we will never have? If your answer was enough, you answered correctly. I'm going to put a little bit of Bible in today's talk because I feel like we just need to have an honest conversation that our longing for more, our longing for enough has been from the beginning of time. In the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, Adam and Eve were given everything in the garden, but they were told to stay away from one tree. They literally had everything, absolute perfection, but it wasn't enough. They wanted that one thing that they believed would open their eyes to everything that they needed. This story reveals our heart and whether or not we believe that God loves us and God is good. So in the story, we discovered this is where Satan comes in. And let me tell you something. Temptation is powerful and it worked then and it works now. God gives us so much. And yet we are tempted to believe that if we just have that one thing, that one more thing, we would be better. We'd feel better. We'd live better. 
And this really becomes a challenge for us as we face Christmas and especially this gift season. We start to look at things that we want and believe that more is better. We want more. Maybe you're listening right now and you're thinking, "Mm, well, but Bianca, what I want isn't so dangerous. I mean, my wish list isn't that big. And if it doesn't really hurt me, why does it matter if I just want a few more things? Really, what would happen? The good news is the Bible actually answers this question. There's a story in the book of Numbers. Yes, I said Numbers because we're kicking it old school, where God gives his people everything that they ask for. What do you think is going to happen to people who get everything they want? Well, the story is told in Numbers chapter 11, and it goes a little something like this. The people of God are in slavery in Egypt for over 400 years and say, cry out to God. And they say, God, if you would just deliver us out of slavery, out of the hand of the Egyptians, that would be all that we could ever want. We would be so grateful. We'd be so thankful. We would never ask for anything again. So God delivers them out of slavery. And then the conversation shifts to, but God, not only do we need to be delivered from slavery, you know what else we would need? We probably need some wealth. We've been slaves, so we don't have any chum change, dinero. We don't have any cash. We would need some wealth. And so guess what happens? They ask God and God opens the storerooms, not of heaven, but of the Egyptians' pockets. And guess what? They were able to plunder from Egypt. The Egyptians gave them their wealth. So not only are they free at this point, they also have wealth. And that's enough, right? Nope. We are told that they also want protection. No biggie, just protection, right? So God gives them a covering by day and fire by night, not only to protect them, but also to guide them. And because God is good and loving and merciful and gracious, he also promises them a land, a land for them to inherit, not just for them, but for them kids too. So God is leading people out of slavery and his people are in the desert on the way to the promised land. And now they say, God, we need water. So God provides water. Then they say, God, we need food. So God gives them this substance called manna. Manna in the original language means, what is it? Literally. Well, they would grind this up, they'd make it into a powder, and they'd cook with it. It was nutritional, and it had all the substance that they needed. So they had boiled manna, baked manna, fried manna, dried manna, manna sandwiches, manna cotti, and my favorite, manudo. Mm-hmm. So now they have everything they want, right? Oh, so wrong. They got tired of manna and they complained, Oy vey, God, while we were slaves, we had leeks, garlic, and onions. And now all we have is this manna. We want some meat. Yes, that is my broken Yiddish accent because who doesn't love a good story? So if this is just one more thing that they needed, then they'll be content, right? So God says, oh, you want meat? I will give you meat. But it's not going to be for a day or a week. I will give you meat for an entire month. So God sends them quail, which is like a bird-like meat, and they ended up gorging themselves. And you want to know something? So many people died because of their cravings. In Numbers chapter 11, it documents that this place is called Kibroth Hatava because they buried the people who had craved this food to the point of death. Y'all, did you catch that? Their desire for more literally killed them. What's really interesting is that it's documented in Psalm 106, verse 15, this exact incident, this moment where they gorge themselves to death, where their desires took the best of them. And this is what it says. It says he being God gave them exactly what they asked for. And along with it, they got an empty heart. Mm. So there's the answer to the question. What would happen if you got everything you wanted in life? You'd have an empty heart and literally you would die in the grave of craving. As we go into the holiday season and quite literally go into 2022, we need to be aware of what we are desiring and be fully aware that it will never be enough. 
Do you know the most repeated phrase in scripture? People will say, oh, fear not. Okay, so two points if you said that. That's the number one command. But the number one phrase is this. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Why is that the most repeated phrase in the Bible? Because it's the phrase we need to recite most often. It's the phrase that we need to be burned deep into our heart, a phrase that we should memorize because we are to give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. You could be sitting here thinking, oh, wait, I'm a grateful person. My heart bursts with thanksgiving and gratitude. Well, well, statistically speaking, we grossly misgauge our gratitude. In short, we think that we are more grateful than we actually are. There's an actual rubric and matrix for gratitude, and we'll get into that in a second. But there is a tangible measure of thankfulness that will help us gauge if we are actually thankful or grateful. Again, I'll share that with you in a second, but I'm going to show you what God's word says about what it takes to be grateful. I don't want to boil this down to just some sort of behavioral modification. No, I believe that this is transformational in our life. This is some revelation right here, right? Okay. Friends, I know I've told you a few times about Thistle Farms and the beauty of their candles and how they light a way home for the next woman survivor of trafficking, prostitution, and addiction. As we get into the holiday season, I want to encourage you all to consider gifting Thistle Farms this year. Their products are beautiful. Their body butter is like butter. It's so smooth and divine. And they have all these incredible gift sets already put together. So all you have to do is ship them to anyone that you love for a little bit of holiday cheer. You can find out more at thistlefarms.org. And when you check out, enjoy a special 15% discount code going there so they know that B sent you. Psalm 100 talks about this. And I love specifically out of the message version, the message version, it just makes it so simple. And it says this in Psalms 100, enter into God's presence with the password of thank you. There is power in saying thank you. And I love that Eugene Peterson in his translation says password. Well, I personally believe that everything of value has a password. I mean, think about it. Our Wi-Fi, we create a password. Our phone, we create a password. Our safes, we create a password. Our bank accounts, we create a password. So we all know that passwords are super important. So based off of Psalm 100, what is the password into the presence of God? You said it. Thank you. Psalm 104 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good. His faithful love endures forever. Literally, you enter into God's presence when you say thank you. Okay, are you ready? Because I don't want to talk about it. I want us to practice it. Okay, this is what you're going to say. I'm going to ask you a question and your response is going to be thankful. When you wake up in the morning and you have the ability to open your eyes and breathe, what do you say? Thank you. When you take a sip of a warm cup of coffee or you bite into a crispy piece of toast and you taste the flavors swirling in your mouth, what are you going to say? Thank you. When you step into the shower and you realize that you have running water, what are you going to say? Thank you. When you see the sunrise or the sunset and cause honey and amber and sherbet colors to streak across the sky, what are you going to say? Thank you. When you wake up and you aren't covered in 10 feet of snow or have to live in Fargo, North Dakota, what are you going to say? Thank you. So let me ask you this question. What do thankful people say? Thankful people say thank you. Do you know what the single leading indicator for spiritual life on whether or not we are growing is? You guessed it. 
It's thankfulness. Let's have one large mass confession moment here, okay? In the last week, how many of us complained or were ungrateful or rewind about something? How many of us complained about the weather, complained about traffic, complained about our course load or our workload, complained about our spouse, complained you didn't have a spouse, complained about your kids, complained you didn't have kids. Complaining literally destroys us. Take a look at the children of Israel who were freed from slavery. An entire generation died in the wilderness and much of it was due to complaining. God says over and over again, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. What I love is when science and research facilitates and backs up what the Bible says all along. Hello. Okay. So there were some researchers at Harvard who got together and they decided that they were going to uncover the truths of thankfulness. First of all, uh, they came up with defining what a thankful person was. And I'm going to give you their definition. Okay. So you can't decide on whether or not you're grateful. You know, we had this conversation earlier. Oh, I think I'm a grateful person. Listen, you can't make it up. This is science and data. And I don't get to determine if you are grateful and you don't get to determine if you are grateful. Let's take a look at what science and research says. So they did the research and what they found out is that a grateful person does this on a daily basis. Are you ready? Okay. They write out about five things for which they are grateful for every single day. Yep. But it doesn't stop there. They write a list of five things that they're grateful for. And then they share that list twice a day. And you have to share that at least two components off of that list twice a day. So this is science's way of determining a grateful person. Did you catch it? Make a list of things that you're grateful for, and then share at least two of those gratitudes twice a day. If you don't currently do this, you cannot say that you are a grateful person. Don't fight with me, friend. Pick a bone with the fine folks over at Harvard, okay? So here's what they found, which is the most powerful thing that they discovered. When we are grateful, get this, when we are grateful, literally the neuropathways in our brain change. Ooh, let's let that sink in. Here's what they discovered. When you do this on a regular basis, you write down the five things that you're grateful for and you share at least two of those things two times a day, you are grateful and your brain chemistry changes. So here's what happens. Researchers found out that when we are grateful, we are more creative. We are more energetic. We are more optimistic. We are more socially connected. We are more healthy. We're more forgiving. We're more generous. We're more joyful and we're better looking. Okay, that last one I just made up, but that would be pretty cool, right? Okay, the Bible says it happens because when you are grateful, you have entered into the presence of God and it transforms you. So even when the studies show the magnitude of gratitude, they also found out that gratitude is harder for, get this, harder for men. Listen, it's harder for men to be grateful. And the reason, according to research, is that when men say thank you, it makes them feel indebted, obliged, and anxious. It takes more courage for men to say thank you. But here is the good news, Matthew Ray Oltoff, because I know you're listening to this podcast, so you better say thankful for all those meals I make you. Get this. Here's the best news for all the men listening. Men, you get an even greater return. So when a guy says thank you in their life on a regular basis, they make the list, they share what they're grateful for. It literally transforms your brain at a higher and faster rate. Men listening to this podcast, you will be more creative, more energetic, more optimistic, more socially connected, and more forgiving. Gratitude transforms not only your life, but your brain. So brother, you want to be grateful. The question I'm asking now is who is responsible for your gratefulness? It's not your boss, it's not your spouse, it's not your kids, it's not your pastor, it's not your friend. 
you are responsible for your gratitude. I've learned one definition of thankfulness that I love. Are you ready? I really hope you're going to write this down because I think it's important. This is the definition that I love. Thankfulness, wanting what I have. In 2 Chronicles 20, there's an overwhelming army that was coming to annihilate the children of Israel. And God gave them a strategy on how to win and beat the enemy. Here's what he said. Okay, gather up. This is what I want you to do. I want you to get the most grateful people to land. And I want you to march out in front of the army. And I want them to praise God and shout loud thanksgiving and gratitude. And guess what? I'll destroy the army. Literally, because of the thankfulness of the people, they destroyed a huge army and drove out the enemy. So give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Now, I don't want to talk about this. Friends, you guessed it. I want to practice it. We are going to practice gratitude. Are you ready? Okay. As we've done already in the practices twice before, I'm going to give you a topic and then you're going to say, I love my blank. It's going to fill in the gap. It couldn't be better. So I love my fill in the blank. It couldn't be better. So let's start with our car because grateful people want what they have. So today, when you go out to your car and your car, which just so happens to be parked right next to, ironically, the perfect car of your dreams in your dream color, and it's sitting there looking shiny and gorgeous, and it's sitting next to your car with its dulled paint, and the tires of your car are kind of angled down towards the bumpers, and it looks like there's a leaking fluid coming out, and you go to grab the handle of your car, you're noticing all the nicks and the dings, you're going to say, I love my car. It couldn't be better. I want you to walk into your apartment, your condo, your house, and say, I love my home. It couldn't be better. I want you to walk into work, look at your cubicle, your desk, your office, and say, I love my job. It couldn't be better. I want you to look at your spouse with eye crusties and morning halitosis and bedhead and say, I love my boo. They couldn't be better. You're going to wake up in the morning. You're going to look at your body, which is fearfully and wonderfully made. And you're going to stare at the mirror and you're going to tell God, I love my body. It couldn't be better. Why? Because thankful people want what they have. Mm. Contentment is crucial in this equation. I'm going to go as far as saying is contentment is crucial to our joy. Contentment. Here's the definition. Here's the definition. Not wanting more. How are you going to remember this example of not wanting more? Here's a story that you will never forget. If you're a fan of romantic movies and love films with beautiful cinematography, you have to check out Redeeming Love, coming in theaters January 2022. Based on the international best-selling novel by Francine Rivers, the movie takes place in 19th century California and follows the life of a girl named Angel, who is the most notoriously sought-after girl in a hopeless gold-mining town called Paradise. Right as she's about to give up on finding love, Angel meets Michael and encounters a love unlike anything else. But shame of her past causes Angel to run away from the very thing she's always wanted. As Michael sets out to find love, Angel discovers that there's no brokenness that love cannot heal. A couple of actors in the film are Abigail Cowan, Nina Dobrev, Eric Dane, Famke Jassen, and is rated PG-13. Mark your calendars. It comes out January 21st nationwide. So invite your friends and go check out Redeeming Love. For more information, you can check out redeeminglovemovie.com. There's a man with six kids and a man with $50 million. Who is more content? 
the man with six kids because he don't want no more. Okay, yep. But on ching. Okay, so in 1 Corinthians 4, we are told that Paul says that he has learned to be content in all seasons. I've learned to be content in little. I've learned to be content in a lot. I've learned to be content in prison. I've learned to be content free. Well, if Paul has learned this, then guess what? We have to learn this as well because we aren't born with contentment. There was a study that went out that overwhelmingly confirmed the falsity that people believed. People believed that if they just had 10% more, they would be content. But do you know what the case study proved? People who had 10% more than those people believed that if they had 10% more, they would be content. And then the people who had 10% more of the second group who wish they had 10% more realized that if they had 10% more, they would be content. So what did it reveal? It's never enough. The truth of the matter is, is that we won't be content if we had a bigger house or a bigger car or a bigger bank account. So here is what I'm asking for. Over the course of the next 30 days, marketers will spend millions of dollars telling you to buy things that you don't need. Can we be people of contentment that say, I don't want any more. We're not going to talk about it. We're going to practice it. Okay. So when you are watching television and you see that car with the horsepower to make you drool, you are going to look at it and say, I don't need it. So when you are shopping through the mall for your family members' Christmas gifts and you see that gorgeous pair of high heels that would be the perfect accent to your holiday outfit, but you already have a pair of shoes in your closet, you're going to say, I don't need it. When you walk into your friend's house and you see all their new furniture and decor and a huge television, you're going to say, I don't need it. When the commercial on TikTok or Instagram comes up promising you to lose 20 pounds in five days with these magic pills, you're going to say, really? I wonder how that would work. No, just kidding. You're going to say, I don't need it. And I say this with massive conviction because for those that are part of the Father's House Orange County, I mean, this journey has been a blast, but it has also been so incredibly difficult. And I think that the lie and the falsity is that I've told myself multiple times over is if we had money, then everything would be fine. It would be okay if we just had money, if we just had money. And that's not true. Because if God wanted us to have the money, he would provide it. In fact, I'm going to have a moment of confession here in California and most states of the United States have a state lottery. Well, there's this one venue on our way to church and every single Sunday, every single time I drive to church, it is a huge arena called the Anaheim Honda Center. And there it fits, I don't know, eight, 10, 12,000 people. There's professional sporting events that are there. But one time I was driving to church and I heard the spirit of God whisper to me that one day we would be in there. And I don't know when that is. I don't know if it's going to be next year or next decade. But I know that one day we are going to be in there, but good God, it's going to be so expensive. Well, surreptitiously, serendipitously, sovereignly, I don't know, y'all. There's a big California lotto billboard literally adjacent to the venue. So as my hand is extended in the air full of faith, praying over this venue, as I'm driving down the freeway, I see this lotto board. And let me confess to you, one time a few weeks ago, the lotto had reached over $500 million. And you know what I did? The great woman of faith? <laughs> I bought not one lotto ticket. I bought 20. Don't judge me. And I prayed. I prayed in faith. I even downloaded the app to verify my numbers. Yes, I did. I said, my God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And if he wants me to win this money, I'm going to win this money. Did I win the lotto? I didn't, friends. But I had a great learning lesson. That if my heavenly father wanted to give me $5 million, he would give it to me because he felt like I needed it. I don't have it because I don't need it. 
Maybe the Lord knows that if I did win that $5 million, what if it ruined my marriage? What if it ruined my ministry? God is so gracious and so kind that I don't need it. And if I did, he would provide it. So contentment is saying, I don't need it because if I did, God would provide it. I have a loving father that gives me every good thing. And I know what it says in Psalm 118. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Thanks to God for he is good. His love endures forever. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to join me and make a commitment this week. And it would be amazing if you carried it all the way to Christmas. Dare I say, carry it all the way into the new year. And here's what it is. Every day, you make a list of at least five to six things that you're grateful for. And then twice a day, you share two of those things with someone that you are grateful for. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. That's the second component. We got to be thankful. Present your requests to God. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Friends, I just want to say I'm grateful for you. You've made my list today and I'm sharing it with you. My hope and my prayer is that as we go into this holiday season, we are content with what Christ has given us. We are thankful for his love and we can enter into his courts. We can enter into his presence with gratitude. If you like this week's podcast and you know that someone would benefit from hearing it, why don't you go ahead and share it with them and tag me at Bianca Oltoff online. I want to wish you a very, very, very happy Thanksgiving for my USA friends and for those across the globe. We are celebrating and grateful for you. Can't wait to chat next week. 